The Playful Psychologist podcast is hosted by me, Emily Hanlon, a clinical psychologist who primarily works with children and adolescents. This podcast has been designed to offer support to new psychologists who may feel as though they are drowning in uncertainty. It has also been designed to inform and educate parents and teachers on all things child development. Along with some special guests, I explore different aspects of child development, including developmental disorders and emotional regulation, while also advocating for those who may be falling through the cracks in our current system. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of The Playful Psychologist. Today's episode is kind of targeted at new psychologists or students that are about to graduate or provisional psychologists or anyone that, um, you know, is hoping to get a bit of advice from someone that has been in the field a little longer, I guess. So now that I'm supervising provisional psychologists, um, you know, as an ARPA board approved supervisor, I'm starting to realize that there are a lot of repetitive questions that I'm getting and a lot of repetitive advice that I'm giving to students or new psychologists. So I just really wanted to record a really quick episode to share that with you. So today I guess is I'm going to share like five biggest pieces of advice for new psychs or student graduates um, and things I guess that I wish I knew um, when I graduated and started seeing clients. So my first piece of advice is absolutely know your worth. I was actually really lucky that my supervisor when I was doing my my endorsement program to become a clean psych shared this with me pretty early on. I kind of thought because I was a new psychologist who quote unquote, you know, was fresh and didn't know what they were doing and was still learning that um, my, I needed to work harder for my employee than I really in hindsight needed to. And I feel like I had to, felt like I had to prove myself and I felt like I let the little things slide and I, you know, overworked myself um, because I didn't know my worth. But it is really important to understand that you have that training for a reason. You were hired for a reason. Do you know everything? No. Are you ever going to know everything? No. That's what professional development is for. That's what supervision is for. And that's why, you know, you have those things at your disposal, even if it's not formal supervision but maybe it's peer supervision you have those things for a reason so know your worth stand your ground and set up boundaries with your employee or your contracting um, wherever you're contracting just set up those boundaries and let them know that you know that they're getting good value for money you know that you are good at what you do even though you're still learning So that's my number one piece of advice. My number two piece of advice when it comes to seeing clients is that it's totally okay to listen to your client and not have all the answers, um, especially early on, you know, in therapy. You don't always need to be the one who's doing the talking. Sometimes silence is the best thing for a client. Sometimes just sitting with that silence, however uncomfortable it may feel, gives your client a chance to actually open up and expand on what they were trying to tell you in the first place. And sometimes that's the most valuable information we get. So please don't be afraid to just sit there with a little bit of silence and take that space to let your client kind of share a little bit more with you. And, you know, how I started this point is it's okay not to have all the answers. It's okay to write things down and let your client know that you want to look into something a little bit more for them or that you want to reset something that you may think will be beneficial for them and that sort of thing. So don't panic and don't 
don't get in a flap about needing to throw things at your client, um, needing to throw strategies at them first off, needing to have all the answers because no one has all the answers. Your client definitely doesn't have all the answers. That's why they've come to see you, but they're not expecting all the answers in one session. They're there to work with you collaboratively to find those answers. So make sure that you explain that to your client if they seem a little bit, you know, confused about what's going on or like what they should expect from therapy. Number three, which I think is really important because I wasted a lot of time doing this. Reading all the articles isn't going to make you a better psychologist. Practicing what you read is what is going to help. So don't get caught up in having to read all the books and the textbooks and the research and stay up to date on everything. Sure, I'm not saying don't read everything, but don't spend all your time doing that because it's going to go in one ear and out the other unless you actually practice it. So what I would recommend is buying a book, you know, having a read of maybe three or four chapters and then going, hmm, like, let me practice in supervision or let me practice on a client um, how this may be beneficial. How can I put into practice what I am reading? I was very guilty of this early on, I definitely overread and underpracticed. And the minute I started practicing what I was reading and slowing down on what I thought was important to read, I actually feel like I grew much more as a psychologist. So definitely keep that in mind. Number four, when in doubt, consult a peer. Supervision is a lifesaver. So obviously, if you are required to do formal supervision, if you're, um, you know, in your endorsement program or you're doing a four plus two or five plus one, you've obviously need to, you're required to do supervision. Um, so always consult your supervisor. But if you've, you know, come out the other end of that and you don't have any formal supervision in place, consult a peer. Peer supervision, A, is necessary as part of your professional development every year but b it's the best way to kind of shoot ideas and bounce ideas off someone that's like-minded someone that's in the same boat as you and like i said to begin with you're not going to have all the answers but no one's going to have all the answers but if you kind of you know share your ideas and your thoughts on a client with with someone or a few people in a peer supervision setting you're definitely going to be in a much better place from whether you just tried to figure it out yourself peer supervision is there for a reason please use it i'm actually supervising a few um psychologists at the moment that aren't required to do formal supervision um you know that they, they, they're registered psychologists but they are wanting to continue to further their education and their growth as psychologists and i think that is the most commendable thing i love it and i love watching them you know gain confidence and set new goals and achieve those goals it's the most awesome thing so definitely when in doubt consult a peer or consult your supervisor. Supervision is the most underrated resource that is accessible to us as psychologists. So please, for the love of God, use it. Okay. Number five, this is a really important one and one that I see coming across a lot as an issue, but also one that I've definitely been guilty of in the past. Do not ever work harder than your client. What I mean by that is our job as psychologists is not to do the work for the client. Our job as psychologists is to upskill the client so that they can then use the tools that you're sharing with them by themselves. Now, if we are constantly doing too much work for the client, what I mean by that is let's say you have a client that comes in and, um, 
you know, that you, you give the parents homework every week and they never do it. Or you give the parents something to print off and they may have a printer at home. You've checked all that, but they never print it off and they never do it. If you are then going, oh, that's okay. I'll print it off for you. Oh, oh that's okay. I'll, um, I'll do it for you. Like, oh, that's okay. I'll call the teacher. That's okay. I'll call the OT. It's all well and good if you do a couple of those things every now and then in consultation with the family but if you're doing everything for the family and you're like spending five hours coming up with new strategies because they're not practicing the ones that you've already given them there's a problem there you cannot work harder than your client it's not going to help your client or their family instead I talk about in my um you know, understanding emotions workshop coming up, trying to gently challenge the client. So if they come in and they say, none of the strategies you're suggesting are working, I would say something like, oh, that's really interesting. I'm sorry that you feel that way. Can you just hold on a sec while I pull up my notes from our last session? I just want to see what strategies I specifically suggested and maybe we can go through them together and see which ones you have tried and which ones you haven't and go from there. And then that way you're not like, you know, saying, well, maybe you haven't done any of the homework that I set you, but you're gently showing them that actually they're not working because they haven't been implemented properly. Um, Or you may say, oh, that's really interesting. I'm so sorry that you feel that way. Hey, today then, can you maybe show me how you're trying to implement the strategy in session? Because it might just be a a really small little tweak, um, you know, that we need to work on together. So in that regard, you're not working harder than the client, you're working with the client. But if you're constantly you know buying them resources or buying them new things to put in a sensory box just because you feel like you need to give something to the client that's probably saying more about you and your insecurities and your imposter syndrome than it is about the work that you're doing with the client a lot of the time I see psychologists um work harder than the client when they feel like they need to give something to the client they need to prove themselves to the family or the practice or what whatever so it's a confidence thing and if you feel again if you feel like that's something that you're struggling with please do some supervision around the area because I guarantee you you will feel so much better Okay, so they're my five tips um, for new psychologists or student graduates. Now, if you would like more of those tips, I've actually got a big list of those in my student and graduate guide, which I will link in the episode notes for today's episode. That student and graduate guide is your number one resource for transitioning into the workplace as a psychologist. I highly recommend it. It covers so much. It covers goal setting, boundary setting, um, organization, how to, you know, Go about finding a supervisor, how to implement strategies, all of those things, Um, you know, the difference between um, an employee and a contractor and which which one may work best for you, all of that cool stuff. So definitely check that out. Like I said, it's linked in the episode notes for today's episode. Um, And yeah, if you have any questions after you've read that guide, then please shoot me an email. But that should be your first point of call. Uh, Like I said, today was a nice short episode. Just wanted to share those five things with you. I hope everyone has a great week and I'll chat to you guys next time. See you later.